Welcome back. My name is Ted. I am, of course, alongside my buddy Tanner. And we're here. Hey. Tanner, it is it is it's a cool the, the morning start of a podcast. Is, oh, we're both talking at the same time. It is a podcast. <laughs> Tanner, I will gladly in this podcast relinquish my time to you. You may begin the podcast. That's okay. That's okay. I was just saying it's like the start of a podcast is always weird. I, I had the opportunity to be, to be a guest on a different podcast and um they did their introduction while I was on the call and they like, they hyped themselves up right before they got going. And then they just went into it and they had this back and forth banter. And it was, I was like listening. I was like, Oh, this is awesome. I was like, that sounds like a lot. That just sounds exhausting. And I, I think it might be, there's this stubborn piece of my entire being that is like, I don't want to fake it. I don't, I just, I want to have a conversation with my friend and I want others to join in and, and hear that. And we have, you know, we have already have a podcast, so we're just going to keep doing it. But they were like super excited. And I really had to turn up my excitement when it was my turn to talk. And I do not think I matched them at all. I think Tanner, um, for you and I doing this podcast is more about people listening and into us being friends uh, than anything else, which is, uh, before, before we started, um, you know, I started with the downer that was, these are how many hours I spent on zoom this week, which was eight, an entire day of zoom between eight and, and 20, you have to really, yeah. Uh, and so now here we are on zoom together. And I was actually, I was talking with, uh, my wife, Chelsea the other day, who, you know, of course, uh, so there's a reintroduction yes. to her. Um, but she, uh, she and I were talking and I said, you know, it's, it's been kind of hard. Cause like, as an extrovert, I miss just getting to be around people like, Hey, let's go hang out. Let's do this thing, you know, whatever. Um, but then you have all this zoom. So it's like, well, then why don't I feel kind of like bolstered by being on zoom and talking to people. And what I realized was, cause I thought, you know, when I finish on zoom with Tanner, I feel that I feel that extroverted energy, you know, yeah. Recharge. But a lot of times on other zooms, even when they're brilliant and we've had great discussions and, you know, stuff like that, I've realized in a meeting where I'm sitting with people, there's cues, you know, there's a lot of body language. There's a lot of this and that. And like, and you go, if someone starts talking in a meeting, you're not jumping on top of each other, but something happens on Zoom. And I'm sure there's a reasonable explanation for it. I just haven't sat and thought about it enough. Where it's like, uh, I'm on a Zoom uh, every other week with a great group of people that uh, are planting churches together. And it starts off uh, each time we're together with the, the church plants just giving updates. And then there's some other churches on there, some sending churches who... Uh, you know, are, are sponsoring these church plants. And a lot of pastors that I'm just um, really impressed with who like zero ego, they, they're not there to like control. They're, they're there to help and encourage. And so someone was talking about what was going on. And like three of these sending church pastors at the same time, were trying to give encouragement. And I actually was in charge of like leading the meeting. And I realized like, I actually have to like go, okay, we're going to go here. And then we're going to go here. And then we're going to go here. As opposed to in like, if you're sitting at a table together, you know, like you kind of feel that you can read that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's what's exhausting for me about Zoom is it's not just a conversation. It, it's, it's more robotic. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful for it. I mean, I a lot of these guys are in uh, Houston area. There's uh, some, uh, you know, some of us up here in Austin. There's even a guy in Branson, Missouri. So that wouldn't happen without Zoom. Uh, but at the same time, there's just kind of this exhaustion sometimes of being like, Oh boy, another Zoom call. Well, it, and it's not it's it's not real, you know. No, it's it's just it's interactive, which I mean it, it is real to an extent, obviously. But there's mm-hmm. nothing like just sitting down and talking with somebody face to face. Like when when we had earlier conversations on the podcast when I lived in Austin, you and I would sit down face to face, and it was truly so much better. Um, yeah, not that this isn't good, and not that people should you know not listen to us, but. Uh, we were able just to kind of read each other's body language and play off one another and drink coffee and truly relax. And I feel like when I'm on a zoom call, I really have to be like overly engaged, which is Mm -hmm. exhausting. And at the same time, it's not matching the, like the relational aspect of it. Cause there's just going to be this, this constant barrier. And plus you're looking at screens all day and screens just suck the life out of you. Yeah. Unless you're watching TV. True. True. And then it, they suck and then it the also sucks life out of you. you, but it, yeah. it's real. It's you're, you're not like, you're just relaxing. Well, and it's, yeah, it's I was on, I was on a couple zoom calls this week and it was with people I had never met before mm-hmm. or and a couple of them were with classes too. And it's you're, you're, I, I'm someone who's like over analyzing and like, I'm more cautious and I don't know if they can, can you hear me? It's like all these, you know, weird things right. that you have to play through right. in your mind. And there's this shift that it just has to take place. So um, I say all that to say, Zoom's great, but it's not the best. It is, it, it is good. I would say for, I mean, it's mind blowing for what it is. Right. And, and I would say, and we don't have just, a choice right now. Yeah. And not just Zoom, but like, you know, FaceTime. Um, it used to be Skype, you know, whatever. Just I think you and I fall into that age range where video calls were still science fiction or like, oh, that happens in the movies. You know, do you remember when you would like older TV shows and it would show up on like a um like a desk phone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it would be like, it was mostly just like government workers. And you were like, Oh my goodness, you can see yep. somebody that's, I can remember being in my grandma's house yep. back in yep. 2000, maybe 97. I don't know what it was. And she mm-hmm. had a little screen and I was like, is that where we can see other people? And she goes, Nope, that's just the screen. But I thought that she was living in the future. She was actually living in the past. Um, so it's now it's yeah, of course you can see it. I can also remember I was watching, uh, in high school. This is where I'll make a confession. You're a pastor. So you can hear this. I loved mm, love is a strong word. I, I look forward to watching a certain TV show called the OC. And oh boy, this is a, conf- <laughs> like I said, this is a pastoral robes. Like this is like, I said, this is a confession, this but there's one scene when, when somebody called, I think it was somebody called Summer and mm-hmm. the person's face showed up on the phone, like on the screen. And it was just like yeah. their photo. 
And I was still living in the world when someone called you on the phone, it was just their name. And I was yep. like, oh, that's so cool. You can see somebody's face. Um, so if that doesn't date me a little bit, I'm not really sure what does. Well, I've, And if that I've doesn't been, make me sound pretty cool because I watched the OC, uh, let me just I say. mean, I'm fair. And Tanner, I think there are a couple different ways we're going to take this right now. First, thank you for that confession. Uh, for me, it was Smallville. That was my high school, you know. I walked down that road too, my friend. Yeah. It was, yep. Um, and then, but I think, so, so I've got, for me, that just as you said that, it sparked for me that moment. Uh, it wasn't in a TV show. It was, we were on, uh, you know, here's my confession, a band trip. <laughs> um, I played trumpet, what but it was on awesome. band. Oh, I uh, played trumpet. I still have a trumpet. Yeah. Um, but like the, the cool part about it, Number one, it was we got to march down Main Street America in the Magic Kingdom in one of the parades. So that was that's pretty legit. Like that was pretty cool. That's cool. Um, but what was really cool is like that marching portion was like maybe an hour and a half total, you know, from like the setup, the buses, you know, all that. The rest of it was f- like three days of us just at Disney parks. Like it was crazy. So rough. Um, and so we, on the, on the last day we went to, um, the, we went to universal studios and universal studios. Oh, you're in Orlando, boy, you know this. So, you know, it has the two parks. You got universal studios and you've got islands of adventure. And we could mm-hmm. choose one or the other. And so uh, me and my buddies were like, oh, the roller coasters are at Islands of Adventure. That's where we're going to go. And Good it was choice. really cool. We did a lot of fun roller coasters. Some of my favorite roller coasters were at that park. It was awesome. But I remember standing, the waiting for friends at the Jurassic Park ride. Yeah. And the Jurassic Park ride, a big, one of those big splash rides, right? And it's like, you know, you go through and there's all the animatronics, but the very end, and you can look up videos of this on YouTube, the T-Rex jumps out at you and the the boat drops down under it. And that's your big splash zone moment. And we were standing there. I was a junior in high school. You know, we weren't young. I mean, now I'd look back and say we were, but you know, we were juniors in high school. And uh, what was this that, guy's... It would have been 2004. It was spring of 2004. And uh, we look over and here's this guy. And I, I remember the phone. It was one of those yellow Sprint Nokia phones. Do you remember those? They were like flip phones, but they were like yellow and black. Yeah. No, not the brick. Were they the, the, but but they they could get, they could get wet. Yeah. They were the heavy duty, like construction phones. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, and, and they could use like the walkie-talkie with it. Yes, exactly that yes. one. And yeah, so yeah. he pulls out his phone and he's pointing it at the right. And we okay. And then we see he's recording video. And it was it was almost like a like moment in a '50s sitcom because all of us just lost all inhibition because we we're just like, "Hey, Mister." Is that a video phone? (laughs) 
I mean, and it was, it blew our minds and it was horrible quality. I mean, we're talking like, you know, right now we're at like what 4k and this was like pushing it to record at 360 P. I mean, it was, and he just stood there like the coolest man. And I mean, he literally was like, yeah, kids, it's a video phone. I mean, like, and we were like, what? Like, you know, and that's, I mean, that's something I, I, I can't imagine what Gen Z at our age is going to be looking back on. Right. Cause you think the speed at which technology happened to millennials is mind blowing. Like let's go down that road. Let's go down that road. Yeah. What do you think is next? Like, what do you think will, is it going to be like, you guys didn't have a, you didn't have a a microchip in you? Mm -hmm. No. I think that be it. I, that's already happening and actually is, is more like Scandinavian Mostly countries. Mostly just the like, dogs though, right? No, no. Like in, in like, I want to say it's, I don't know which country. It's somewhere in the Scandinavian nations. Like people are having chips implanted and it carries all your information. So like instead of carrying a wallet now, you just scan like, you know, it, they implant it in the back of your hand and you just scan like your, the back of your palm. Um. I, I don't think I could do that. That's that's kind of too far for me. I There are a couple things that I hope happen because uh, I think they'd be really, really cool. Um, oh, gosh, what's it called? The hyperlink or something like that. It's Elon Musk has this, this idea. It's basically a zero-friction train, and it would be enclosed mm-hmm. in a tube. And think about like when you, you go to the bank and they have those vacuum tubes. Yeah. It's kind of kind of a similar, some kind of concepts like that, but like no friction. And you could go from, there's a lot of talk Houston to Dallas and they're like 30 minutes that you just basically get in this thing and it just shoots off. I think that would be fascinating and could move a, a, like local travel, move you away from airplanes to these you know, these hyperlinks, which would be cool. Um, and that's what it's going to have to be too. Cause it's had to be more friendly to the environment. Yeah. I, I mean, create things any longer yeah. that are going to leave a footprint. Yeah. And, and I think yeah. to me, the fascinating thing too is, and I have a lot of friends in, in oil and gas industry. And so, you know, you don't want people to lose jobs. There's just so much we could do with renewable energy now. Um, mm-hmm. I, you know, I remember when Tesla first announced, you know, when they were like, we're building an electric car, I was like, good luck there, buddy. And now I'm like, so we're just I, skipping the flying cars. Remember when that was going to be the thing? Oh, I was when still everyone's going to have a flying thing. car, when we were going to be the Jetsons, mm-hmm. we can't, we can't trust people driving on streets. We can't trust people no. driving in the air. That ain't gonna no, happen. no. So, you know, man, I just, I don't know. A lot of it happens. It feels like technology grows a lot around um, commerce and commerce, communication, and transportation. Um, I know that, I I think we're going to see a lot more drones Mm -hmm. in the near future. Um, It's it's moving towards WALL-E. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think so. You know, where we don't really do too much. We just kind of. Yeah, we're just. I'm ready things... for my floating chair and my Slurpee. So. Dude, there are days. There are days. Yeah, and I think it's interesting, um, like navigating all of this and experiencing new technology as a Christian. Right. Because that seems to be so like um, the faith itself is so rooted and grounded and pre-stripped down. And then you're adding this layer and this layer, like technology just adds layers on top of your faith. And it's like, well, now how do I, because I mean, it's like, well, how do I uh, be a Christian on the internet? How do I be a Christian and do you know, day trading, how do I be a Christian? And, you know, so it's like learning how to navigate those things while holding fast to this like foundational core and like, well, what do we say about like, how do we react and respond to artificial intelligence or uh, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't know. So it's going to be, it'll be fascinating. Um, And I think, I think people put the blame in the wrong place. A lot of times people go, Oh, it's the internet's fault. Oh, it's, you know, technology it's all of those things and i think and i won't even go as deep to be like well let's talk about sin i I think what we got to look at is speed that Mm -hmm. i think the issue is not the technology it's it's the speed at which we can access things now because none none of this technology when you break it down none of it's new i mean okay i'm on twitter and i can see news unfold as it happens well like that used to be you know the church door for martin luther that was Mm -hmm. you know the town crier before that like this is it's not new it's just the speed that it can happen and i think what we're running into is just is we don't know how to handle the amount we can consume now um Mm -hmm. it's overload we are yeah. the ones that are going to overload. So if you put that microchip in yourself, man, that's going to overheat, burn a hole it right is. in your hand. Is it, uh, so I don't have time for that. No, that's the last thing I, I, I would want. That sounds terrible. Yeah. That sounds terrible. Um, the other day, this is going to be a rough transition, but I think we're here for it. I, I was listening to a podcast and mm-hmm. one of the guys tried to do an impression of Bane from Dark Knight Rises. And I was like, man, I haven't watched those movies in quite a little while. So the other day, actually over the course of three days, I watched Dark Knight Rises. And it wasn't as good as I remember it being. It was just very drawn out, very long. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if I told anybody that, there's probably one person that would take offense to that or agree with me completely. And that's Juan Theodore. Daring. So, and not to say it's not, not a good movie, because I think it's a, it's a fantastic movie, but it's also a difference, because I watched it in the theaters, and it's like, this was awesome. And then watching it at home, you're like, uh, it just didn't, didn't connect for me. I think Nolan's Batman trilogy is incredible. I would not disagree. I love Batman. Grew up, you know, the Batman cartoons. I would actually say while Marvel is my favorite group of superheroes, Batman is my favorite hero, right? Um, but not, not Robin. No. Uh, no okay. But I, I think they tried to fit like two or three pieces of like two or three story arcs of Batman 
into one movie. And I think, and I, and here's actually what I, I think, Tanner, you might be experiencing when it came out. Are you going to die? Are you going to diagnose me? I am. Oh, let's see what year that came out. That was dark Knight rises, right? 2012, I believe. Okay. So here's, here's what I think. And 2012 sounds right. I would say dark Knight rises worked well before we really dove into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Oh, it was a great introduction to what could become. And I think the technology, again, I think, you know, a lot of new ways of editing and in, in, in post-production changed between 2012 and obviously 2000. Well, well, I think too, like, and it's, it's the problem DC has had all along which is Marvel said, we're going to tell all of these stories and there's a business mm-hmm. model where we can tell these stories and not have to rush it. Mm-hmm. And what DC said was, oh my gosh, Marvel is printing money, quickly make the Justice League. Yeah. And Nolan's goal was always to make those, you know, that trilogy. But the first two... You know, Batman Begins is is that origin story. Dark Knight Rises is, well, who is Batman in this story of Gotham? And then Dark Knight Returns, well, I would argue, I know a lot of people, like, dislike it. I, I really like it. Um, But it is, it in itself could almost be two to three movies. Yeah. And that's kind of what it was because it was a lot about everything and about nothing at the same time. Like you said, they packed it all in and you're like, it was a, it was a burrito movie, but nothing. There were no spices. That's all that I'll say. But I bring up that to show you that I know a little bit about superhero type things. And Mm -hmm. I want to get your thoughts on WandaVision. And here's, let me say this. Every time I say WandaVision, all I hear in my head is long division. And I long say, division. I don't like math. Long, long division. Yeah. Tanner, here's uh, what a segment that Tanner and I have planned that he transitioned to so brilliantly and primed, yeah. primed the, the discussion. I'm a giant nerd. Uh, and so what I love about WandaVision, and we're three episodes in, and I'm going to throw a spoiler alert out there. I know Tanner and I are up to date. If you have not watched WandaVision, if you're not up to date on up to episode three of WandaVision, there will probably be spoilers coming now. Uh, I'm going to have to sneeze first, but then I will, I will cover over your sneeze by saying, you know, I am not a super, I'm not, I'm a big fan of superhero things, but I'm not a comic book guy. So if something, something superhero like comes out, I will watch it. I'll actually go to the, well, in past, I would go to the theater to see it mm-hmm. and be excited about it and really truly not have a clue as to what's going on. Yeah. Um, but Sarah and I, we also have been watching Long Division and it's just, <laughs> it's, I, can't, so, I can't help it. I just enjoy it. It's, it's interesting. And then I'll hop on like Twitter afterwards and be like, and start learning more about like, you know, where these characters are coming from. But it's just, I mean, it's fascinating. And then earlier in the pandemic, we did the, the Marvel Marathon. Mm-hmm. Right, we watched all the movies in order, except for the Hulk. Like, yeah, skip that one. That yeah. was not good. Yeah. Um, but you know, just sorry. Uh, 
boys, we walked, we watched all of them. And we were like, that was pretty cool. It's awesome. I mean, we had seen probably, yeah, 85% of them before, but um, yeah. Okay. So your thoughts on WandaVision, also known as Long Division. As Long Division. What I think is interesting about what's happening now is like, we all look and go, oh, Marvel's like top superheroes are the Avengers Mm -hmm. because we just did the whole, you know, MCU arc. But really what happened was Marvel back in like the 90s and early 2000s sold the rights for their top superheroes being X-Men, Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man. And so they kind of said, okay, we've got these guys. Let's see what we can do with them. And they made them the household names that they are. Well, now that that kind of Avengers arc is done, they now since they were bought by Disney, Disney was like, we'll take all of those back. Thank you. Like Disney literally bought everyone, but Sony that owned Marvel characters. And so what I love, what I think that, um, that Marvel has done so well is they've allowed for a variety of storytelling within the cinematic universe, right? Because mm-hmm. you you have all these different, and I remember experiencing it before, like when the first Guardians came out, you're like, hey, this is, this feels the same, but it's different. It's got this kind of new mojo with it. I like it. And then I remember when the first Ant-Man came out and I was not expecting to be like, Ant-Man, one of my favorite movies of all time, but like Ant-Man, one of my favorite movies of all time. How Dare you doubt Paul Rudd? Listen, How dare I, you doubt Paul Rudd? I agree. I'm on board. One and more so, time. How dare you me. doubt Paul Rudd? So now, what I love about WandaVision is that they have gone and said, "Hey, we don't have to just make the same show again. You know, we don't have to just carbon copy something. It it is incredibly unique." And you almost forget you're watching a Marvel show. And then it's like every once in a while, they kind of poke you and go, Hey, don't forget. Like this is Wanda and vision. Like, don't forget. And, and I love dude, just love um, number one, the way they're able to do like Dick Van Dyke, 1950s sitcom Mm -hmm. in that first one. Like I was laughing at, not at like other things, but like literally at, the sitcom moments in it, you know, just kind of those old mm-hmm. chuckles of like, and, and so you have the, in that first episode, like those, but then you have the moment where his boss starts choking and it's like, all of a sudden everything is different. And mm-hmm. you're like, well, wait, they, they do it really well. Yeah. Like, yeah. I tried to watch a show the other day with a laugh track and I couldn't uh-huh. do it. But in the first mm-hmm. episode, maybe two episodes, they had a little laugh track in there and you're like, it wasn't annoying because you knew, first of all, it was well-created but you knew something deeper was going on. And at the end of the episodes, you see, you know, there's like a zoom out situation where you're like, okay, like something dark is going on in the midst of this. And they're kind of like trapped up in just a different world. Uh, And, and, and then in the, the second episode, it's the guy, the beekeeper who comes up through the sewer and she just goes, no. And it rewinds. Mm -hmm. And you're like, what? And then this one I think was the creepiest where vision comes in and he looks at Wanda and goes, 
Wanda, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. And it's all of a sudden like a, like just a quick jump, like a broken piece. And you go, wait, was that supposed to? And then you realize, yeah, this is, you know, this is, it's just, it's so good. Um, you know, uh, the, um, the acting is, is really fun. And the way that Elizabeth Olsen can switch from like sitcom to like creepy, almost like horror movie has been really cool. And she plays that character really well. She really does. And what I love about it is there's a, I, I never read like the comic books. Like I never was like, I've read some, but what I would do is I would, I would go and I would read the Wikipedia synopsis of, of like storylines. And so there's this whole arc in the Marvel universe called house of M and it's based around Scarlet witch and it's the destruction of like the decimation of mutants. So X-Men and stuff which is interesting. We've seen Marvel or Scarlet, Witch is like an Avenger, but really she's in the comics. She is the daughter of Magneto and is one of the chief mutant characters. Right. But there's this moment where she, um, in, and it's a moment of sorrow. I forget what happens, but she literally just says no more mutants. And she's so powerful that it wipes out, like a majority of mutants, there are very few left. And so there are a lot of people speculating that this sorrow she's in right now over vision and losing him and that she's going to snap. And somehow that power release is going to now bring mutants back in because Marvel owns the X-Men again. And so we're going to be seeing the X-Men coming back. Now here's a question for you. Yeah. Yeah. So X-Men, are they part of Marvel? Yes. X-Men okay. X-Men is like in the com- like in the comic world, X-Men is is like the chief Marvel comic book line. But when they were selling the rights to the characters, Fox bought them. Well, Disney just bought Fox. So now they have the characters back. Oh. And so Interesting. We're there's a lot of people looking and going hey, we're going to like probably see the X-Men pretty soon. And there's a... I would love to see some. I think think we're going to. Give me some more. Give me some more Wolverine. Listen, Kevin Feige, the guy who runs Marvel Studios, just prints his own money. (laughs) Like, So I'm sure Disney is like, do it. Um, Do whatever you would like. People love things that aren't real. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. We need to escape from this world. I think I think it's I I really enjoy for me with this one it's a feel of like a very different Marvel thing like and I because a lot of times I forget I'm watching a Marvel show and it feels to me a lot like Mandalorian felt for Star Wars but that's a whole different discussion yeah. Uh, but where for it's me, like it's, it's connected but how is it connected but it's different but it's the same yeah. Listen, I'm even more nervous like, about it's Star like Wars for me, Marvel, so let's not get too too It's down like that when road. I would watch it's like when I would watch Airbud. 
you know, it's like, this is basketball, but it's, but it's not basketball, but it's, yes, it feels like basketball, but it's similar. Exactly. So I feel like that's pretty much, yeah. Great. Yeah. Tanner, that's how we're going to actually, that's that's how we're going to promo this episode. We're going to tease it by going, Hey, how are WandaVision and Airbud connected? Jump on our next podcast to find out. We will tell you. We will tell you all those things. But it's it's. Yeah. I think it's been a lot of fun. I think it's a, a good watch. I, I like that it's it feels different. So, you know, Tanner and uh, for people like you know who don't love Marvel stuff, I think it's still a good show. Uh, yeah, and something yeah. to watch because at this point, at this point in your life, you know, taking the last year or so into into account, you've basically watched everything. It's new content. It's and new, that's it's something new and relevant. At the end of every episode, I look at Chelsea and go, I just want to binge this show. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think they're and Disney's Disney's talked a lot God. about that they they're intentionally they've said, listen, we want this to be an event. We don't want it to just be like, you know, I binge this whole series. They're like, we want you to wait. We want you to talk about it with friends and uh, that's kind of it, it sucks, but it's also kind of exciting. So, well, and you know, this it's is just, what happened with the last the last dance too the the Chicago oh, yeah. documentary. It was yeah. you know for those those ten those five weeks the two episodes a night right like it was everyone was kind of gathered around and watching that yeah. or at least everybody that uh, I follow on Twitter, which is everybody. <laughs> so. Well, Tanner, I think I think we've reached a point where I would prefer not to let people know how much nerdier I am. And, uh, you know, we just we love being in touch with you all. We love seeing what's going on. Uh, so always feel free to um, connect with us on our Facebook page on Twitter at Ted and Tanner pod or uh, Tanner is at written to speak for his poetry at. Is there a J at Tanner J Olson or is it just Tanner Olson? There is. There is. Yeah. There's another Tanner Olson out there. So I got the J. So at Tanner J Olson, I can be found at under Theodore Theo underscore D at Theo underscore D. It has been great spending another half hour with y'all. Have a good one. I'm Ted. I am going to go watch long division. And everybody's been our podcast.